Welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Games Club, a podcast where we go deep into the mind of the serial killer Jack the Ripper. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and uh, I'm here with two amazing guests today. We have the lovely July Diaz. Hello, think, hello. Welcome back. I think back. I'm on the wrong show. What? Jack the Ripper? We're going deep into the mind of England's most notorious serial killer. I'm pivoting us into a true crime podcast. Oh, okay. Because they're so much popular than <laughs> because what you those do. get what, what, those yeah. get listens and sure. uh, <laughs> these do not. Um, okay. And of course, we are joined by a newcomer to Legend of Zelda Games Club, but a mainstay on Call Me by Your Game and Video Games a Comedy Show, uh, Jake Sprague. Hi. You know, when we think about Jack, mm-hmm. we do have to question. Was he crazy or was he a product of an absolute crazy time in mm. history? Yeah. And I can't wait to get into that today. Absolutely. I always ask the question, Is was he crazy or am I crazy? Yes. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess if I were to think about it nowadays, if there were a, a Jack the Ripper type, it, it might be sort of unsafe for them to be out and about with cancel culture and whatnot that's just what yes. i was thinking so well, i just you're, yeah. you're not yeah. wrong because mm-hmm. right now i mean we think oh it was bad with jack the ripper he was murdering people at night but right mm-hmm. now i mean you can't even go on a college campus anymore without getting the whole thing shut down yeah right yeah i would consider that to be as um horrible as a murder I'd say it's it's a murder of thought, which is it will destroy us all. Well, what happens to those comedians, you know, when they go onto those campuses? I think that's a murder, you know, and not in a good good way where they're killing killing with an audience. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, uh, as interesting as this is, I would love if we could just spend a little bit of time at some point today talking about the the legendary uh, uh, breakout into three dimensions... For old Link and his gal pal Zelda with The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, released in uh, 1998 here in the United States of America. What do you guys what do you guys say? Uh you guys uh you guys played this one? <laughs> <laughs> this is a new one for me, and I know for July as well. So maybe you want to yeah, take this, Jeremy. This is very new to me. Uh mm-hmm. I like your description of Zelda as Link's gal pal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be uh we'll be covering of course 1998's The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time as uh, as uh, oot as it's been come to be known on the internet message boards uh, uh you know this is a game that I feel like a lot of the listeners of The Legend of Zelda Games Club are waiting for us to do they they they're waiting with anticipation mm. for us to do I felt a lot of pressure going into this episode and I dealt with that pressure the same way I deal with all pressure, not preparing, uh, completely just uh, exhaustedly taking naps instead of thinking about, should I do something cool? Should I frame the episode in a cool way? No, none of that. We're just going to talk about the game. Uh, This is a game that I feel like lives almost larger in people's nostalgia than it does as an actual, you know, piece of art or something. I, I, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys... When I just say Ocarina of Time, what does that mean to you right away, July? I do want to hear. What does it mean to you? I flash to one of the first times I experienced this game, which is 
Over at my neighbor's house, I was um, it was her older brother who owned the game, and he was I pre- I pretty much done with it, and I think he was just uh, fiddling around the map with all his acquired weapons and whatnot and you know at that point maybe i i have played a few n64 games like uh mario 64 and smash brothers and whatnot but this one i think for me was my first experience with an expanded action rpg type game and i was just immediately blown away like i i don't know what i was looking at and and i didn't even know of the the main characters or 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 of the zelda franchise up to this point um another memory i have of from going over to to this uh neighbor's house is uh they were <laughs> they were looking up uh wwf divas <laughs> online and i guess they were i don't think it was a porn site or anything i think it was, they were just like looking at bikini photos uh-huh and i just remember my friend's older brother going like you guys can't you guys can't see this go <laughs> like you can stay in the room but like don't look over here <laughs> man kid kids back then were weird you know yeah yeah uh, Jake, you are a uh, longtime game head. Thank you. And I'd like to think that you had a, a run-in with this game at some point in your in your past. Is this true? It is, in fact, true. This was a birthday game for me. My birthday is November twentieth. This game came out the twenty first. So is that a game where you play it naked? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, coincidentally, I was also born around that time. But in general, uh-huh. this was a this was a nude one, and it's like it's off. It's oftentimes a single player game, obviously, mm, right, you know, right? Unless you have yeah. very chill group of friends or a rock and um, bod, you know. Yeah. So for yeah. me, I would need a very chill group of friends right. because. I'm not taking my shirt off in front of anybody. <laughs> um, I hear that. Yeah, so I got it for my birthday. I remember desperately wanting a strategy guide for it for some reason. Mm. I was convinced I had to have the strategy guide for this game. I remember going to Target and uh, considering stealing it. <laughs> 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 but I did end up figuring out a way to get it, if I remember right. There was a brief period of my life. I wish I could remember exactly where it was, but I was definitely uh, keen on stealing things. <laughs> and uh, wow. yeah, be- be- being mean, like a, a klepto is one of the funniest phases, I think, of a child's life. Like not everyone goes through it, but <laughs> the ones who do, it's like, is this the guide? To, yes, oh. that's the guide. Is that oh the official Nintendo one, July? It is. Okay, wow. That is not the I have one too. Uh it's packed up right now, but it's not the official Nintendo one. It's the Prima. Prima, it was oh. such a BS thing. I can't believe Prima existed. It's terrible. I hate Prima guides. They're so yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I so, don't know if they're bad or not. I just know I had a lot of them. <laughs> well, yeah, because the, sometimes it was like the only ones that came out, but I always wanted the official mm. branded mm-hmm. stuff. I mm-hmm. needed the official branded content from Nintendo. Yeah. I had yeah. to have it. Mm. So, yeah, I remember first playing this game 
it's weird because before this uh, show, I went back and I was just, you know, watching old clips of it, listening to some of the music because some of it I could still remember even without hearing it for years and years. But looking at it, I remember being blown away by the look of this game. You look at it now and you you can't believe how bad some of this stuff is. But of, <laughs> of course, that's how <laughs> games go. But I was blown away mm-hmm. by the way it looked. And I think how open it was as a 3d game like it felt like it was massive and now with more with some time away from it i actually think it was probably pretty contained Mm. Uh, like when i think back on the environment of it i know you two have played it recently but i'm so i'm curious to hear what you think but i remember back then thinking it was like this massive open world but now that i think about it i don't know if that's the case really yeah, I mean, we will get into it. I feel like we should talk a little bit about the world building here in just a little bit. But like, yeah. you're not you're not wrong. But part of what <laughs> I feel like part of what aids in that feeling is just basically like Link is really slow. So like, because it takes you a hundred years to get back from the castle to the village to the castle to the village, you feel like this this is this goes on forever. It's an eternity. When really, if you were just Mario in this game, it, you'd just be cruising all around. I think you'd be mm. very navigating it a lot faster. Uh, great. Yeah. So I I don't remember when I got the game because renting games was such a frequent thing in my house. I I don't know if you. I, I think at least Jake, you mentioned you didn't grow up with a lot of money before. I didn't grow up with a lot of money either. I, I grew up Same. pretty pretty poor. Yeah. So I it, for for me, video games were like twice a year. I'd get mm-hmm. a game. It's birthday, Christmas. And I mm-hmm. remember I'd always, because I was so uh, uninformed or my tastes were so weird, I'd end up picking like the wrong game. I'd, I'd, I remember like one Christmas, I, I really wanted like Mortal Kombat st- uh, Sub-Zero, the, the story game mm-hmm. where you play a Sub-Zero. And that was like my big Christmas game was like, probably like a bargain bin clearance, but like that's what I really wanted. I, I didn't really know hey, you should go for like first party stuff, get a Mario Kart, you know, get something like that. So anyways, I, at some point I did get it and I think it was probably well after the game came out, but I was familiar with Ocarina of Time. I played it a bunch as a rental, which means you're always playing off of the last person save or, yeah. or you're starting a brand new game every time you, you rent it. Uh and like everybody else, I think I was super charmed by every aspect of it. And I think the fact that Link was like starts as a like a little boy really blew my mind and my imagination kind of went crazy because I was also at that point a little boy and like like I found it to be super fun to be playing as the stakes were so high to me, I think. And 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 a lot of like a, a, again, a lot of us hadn't seen a world that big before you know like mario's castle to me in super mario 64 was was a similar vibe um but zelda i mean in my it's weird in my memory zelda ocarina of time is about as big of a deal as super mario 64 is i mean looking back i mean i think like one plays a heck of a lot better and one's a lot more evergreen than than the other but i but in my mind they both stand out as just like the two the big two the big two n64 games you kind of had to have you know there's you know goldeneye and a few others of, of course but but zelda was was it and this game is like 
well regarded by many people through the 2000s at least the you know the mid 2000s through the 2000 teens as being the greatest game ever made yeah and i feel like people kind of turned on it uh at, at some point and i feel you think like people, so i i feel like yeah i think with anything that gets really people recognize as being really really great suddenly the hot takes start to come out and it starts to get picked apart uh We'll call this the the Bo Burnham special of video games, where it's it's we're really hot on it for a week, and then everyone's like, you know, actually, fuck this guy. <laughs> so yeah, it takes think, less than a week now, but for yeah. Ocarina of Time, it did take about twenty years, and now people are like, actually, yeah. Now that yeah. I think about it, it's not that big of a world. Really. Yeah, it's not that big. It's the world's pretty small. Um, it's because he moves so slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I recently played this for the show. I played it on 3DS though, so this is my first playthrough on the uh, on the old Ocarina of Time 3D. July, I believe you did the same thing, right? I did, and I, I yeah, like you said, this to me did feel like a, a completely new game because, as Jake mentioned, some of these graphics don't hold up, but on the 3DS they did a nice retouch on everything, and everything looks as good as anything that would come out today yeah oh I, wow i, I know that. i agree with that it's 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 a weird thing playing through that 3ds game because there is a complete graphics overhaul so it's like you got a little bit of a i don't know what to call it like a you know is it the men not mandela effect but what's that thing where it's like am i looking at a robot or a human plastic surgery yeah, plastic surgery. Yeah, mm-hmm. the game got plastic surgery. Uh, Wait, looking think- at a robot or a human? <laughs> yeah, are you talking about the Uncanny Valley? Yeah, Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Uncanny Valley. There's a little bit of that where it, it's like this is the game I kind of remember, but mm-hmm. this Goron sure looks pretty sweet, and mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you do go back and like look at an N64, you know, copy of it, and it's and it is it's brown. It's sort of it's sort of dim it it like it's not as vibrant it's not as bright so yeah so it was was, it's a cool experience going through that i I would say if you're a fan of the game and you have access to a 3ds pick it up why not it's it's uh it's a it's a good way to play that and i don't know about you jeremy but i never fiddled with the 3d feature that much on the 3ds before and with this game it really adds a, a really cool depth to a lot of the gameplay it just it, you're you feel immersed in it the way that the 3d plays on it and um i thought i was gonna get like a huge headache playing it for so long with mm. the 3d on it, and it doesn't it doesn't really do that i think it works pretty well yeah what kind of 3ds do you have if you don't mind me asking do you have one of those new nintendo 3ds's uh it's something that i have to like turn with like a like a wind chime kind of like a like a grandmother's like gift heirloom type thing and it plays a little tune like a happy birthday tune uh-huh and it has like a like a little cardboard uh, uh like glued on it and it says new nintendo 3ds on it wow oh uh, okay uh, I I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Is that online? Is that is that something you can get on eBay? Or it's it's this one. It's this red. Is that yeah? I I can't tell from looking at it. Is that a, a new Nintendo 3ds or is that a regular Nintendo 3ds? Yeah, it's the new one. It's the the fatty. Yeah. 
Good. Okay. So the original 3DS is a, a you know, the 3D on that's fine, but you turn it down like almost like five minutes into playing whatever because you're like, right. oh, okay, you know. It, but then those new ones, they have eye tracking technology, so you can like lay down and get back up and lean your head, and it doesn't it doesn't fuck up too badly. So yeah. I think that it's. I was able to use this on my exercise contraption where I'm like face t- toward the ground. My head's toward the ground and my legs are are splayed up on in the middle of my doorway. Okay. Wait, like, what what? Like like Michael Keaton in the first Batman film. <laughs> yeah, mm. Okay. Where you're just upside down. You're kind of maybe doing crunches or something upside down. No, 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 not upside down. My my face is sort of uh facing the ground. Uh-huh. And my <laughs> my legs are up toward the roof. <laughs> the ceiling. Okay. But it's not right. upside down. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, that, I mean, and, and so the 3D worked for you the whole time. Same with me. I just left the 3D slider all the way up the whole time I played it because it, it yeah. just worked. It just yeah. worked well. Guys, can I say, I am looking at these comparison images and we played a completely different video <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. This isn't even close. They really did a good job with this HD remake. Oh my God, a remaster, I guess. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. Gretzo is the name of the company and they and they made a, a Majora's Mask one as well for the 3DS. Gretzo. Gretzo. And uh then they also did I think that Link's Awakening um remake for the Switch. Uh-huh, and then they did Majora's Mask, which I did play right after this one, and I have a few comparison stuff to get into once we get into the game. Yeah, I, I also did that, but the opposite way, where I played Majora's Mask first and then right into Ocarina and mm. um, have definitely some thoughts about Majora, but that'll be for another episode. Um, wow. Well, I'll not say, that, not that I'll you can talk now. about it. I'll say, yeah. yeah, I'll say mine yeah, now. You can say whatever. Yeah, I don't care. I, I, I do feel like, you know, we're going to praise this game a lot, and I do think it's probably, in my opinion, one of the best Zelda games in the whole series. Probably mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. because it's... It, it, yeah, it's maybe not as expansive as we remember it being in the world's uh, uh, building sense and exploration sense, but... I kind of like that. I kind of like that there's restrictions um, where you can go and what you can do. And there's all, there's a set amount of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel short, yet it doesn't feel super long. It, it feels like you can complete this in over a weekend, still have complete satisfaction with the story and the gameplay. It still plays great. Whereas Majora's Mask, that feels <laughs> like... That feels almost like fan fiction. You're playing a fan fiction version of this game because it's yeah. all about completing side quests for all these different characters, which a lot of them are great stories, but it doesn't have the same feeling of satisfaction as uh, completing this game. Jake, did you ever play Majora's Mask? I Interestingly enough, I'm realizing uh, this was kind of the last Zelda I really got into. It was Ocarina oh. of Time. Oh, well, I'm glad we got you for this. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched friends play Majora's Mask. Uh, I don't know if you guys had this or not, but if I had a friend who was kind of playing through the whole game, I would be at their house and mm-hmm. I would watch enough of it where I wouldn't need to play it uh, myself. I did kind of the same thing with Final Fantasy X, mm-hmm. where I don't think I played Final Fantasy X until, I don't know, 
10 plus years after it came out because yeah. I just had a friend. I watched him play almost the whole thing. So Ocarina of Time was the last Zelda that I really, really played. I even have Breath of the Wild and I've never played it. Mm-hmm. So Whoa. I don't know. Yeah, I really like this game, too. But now I'm realizing maybe it killed Zelda for me. <laughs> Something about it. I mean, you're definitely going out on a high. And I definitely understand why you probably never returned to the series, at least for a very long time or maybe since. Because I was the same way. Uh, this was the last Zelda that I played, I would say, like in my youth. Whereas a bunch of more ones came out. And I ended up playing them much later in my like late 20s as an adult, like, you know, almost for scientific purposes. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, I, I want to look at this game. I want to see what it's all about. I missed it when I was young. And I think part of the reason why is because, you know, Ocarina of Time, for better or worse, it, it just feels like the fully realized version of whatever Zelda could be on a console. And maybe maybe not everyone's going to agree with this, but when you start to get to Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, it's almost like they're doing riffs on what Ocarina of Time was. They're mm. like, well, this is if Ocarina of Time was super cartoony and dorky. And, oh, this is if it, uh, Ocarina of Time was super dark and scary and... You know, it, Ocarina of Time to me just felt like Star Wars A New Hope. It's just like, this is star, the Star Wars movie, you know? And then like, mm-hmm. you know, then you have... And you can like other ones better or whatever. That's that's totally fine. But one of them feels like that was Star Wars. <laughs> that was Star Wars in 1970 when it came out and... Everyone went to go see it, and there's lines around the block. To me, the smash hit here is is Ocarina of Time for the 3D era. Anyway, It's funny that you bring up Star Wars, because when I started playing this game, I kind of chuckled to myself, and I turned over to my Chewbacca body pillow, and I said, mm-hmm. Chewie, we're home. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I figured that we would do this episode in a couple of phases. Uh Okay. Ooh, like the Marvel stuff. Very cool. Yeah, basically kind of like this is uh, phase one will be maybe we talk a little bit about just what this game is and a little bit of the making of it, the history of it. Phase two will kind of get into, I would say since this game doesn't really have the most plot, why don't we just get into like some gameplay, maybe some some mechanics. Uh, I would really like to do a segment called Talking Temples where we just kind of just kind of reminisce about some of our favorite temples and memories from being in some of those dungeons or whatever. And then uh, maybe a little music, something like that. We won't go too long on this one. I, I mean, I feel like it's a game where we can talk forever and ever and ever about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we will, uh, we'll try to keep it as tight, as tight as possible, just because interesting. Again, it's like yeah. uh, for the, for the listener that, didn't hear sort of the pre uh recorded conversation this is sort of the opposite of what jeremy wanted initially he wanted <laughs> us really to stretch this one out and now he's saying for us to <laughs> get it really tight and uh short well we'll see what happens I, I i'm gonna aim tight and you know that I, i'm gonna get loose as we go so okay. i mean it's uh, okay. but if i aim tight then we'll come in at a reasonable 
a reasonable time to accommodate just tough everyone's as a, tough busy as a life. guest, I guess is what July is saying. It's tough as a guest because you're like, well, wait, what is it? Sure, you know? sure. It's like sure. it feels like I'm being lied to or being set no, up. No, no, or no, no. Not no one's being lied to here. Uh, this isn't an ambush or anything like that. It's more just kind of a uh, uh, what we're aiming for. Okay. Um, okay. You know, and by tight, just, you know, I mean we're gonna do an hour and a half or something of, of okay. Zelda talk. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do the dang thing. Um, Am I allowed to ask questions? Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? You know, you said that this game's kind of fallen out of favor, and I don't know if this if I should wait for a specific phase for this, but yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I hadn't even realized it until you said it, but I do remember this constantly being at the top of people's best game of all time yeah. list, and mm-hmm. I really don't feel like I see that that much anymore, and I, I hate to put you on the spot here. I don't want to ambush you, but right. what? What happened? Why did that happen? I, I I honestly think that what it is is sort of like video games existed and we had our favorites and the best ones. You know, Final Fantasy VII is also a great example of this happening where it's at the top of everyone's list for years and years and years. And then I think as the internet just becomes more of a thing, we become more connected and Twitter is a thing and hot take culture becomes a thing where we need to always have sort of a dissenting opinion about something that's good or popular. I truly just think it just starts to go away. They start, people start to put point out holes or problems with the game. And suddenly what was this like, Oh, this is the greatest thing ever made. People have their doubts about it. Again, Final Fantasy VII. I noticed this with Final Fantasy VII because that's always been my favorite game. And I always felt a little bit of like pride that like, oh, it also ends up on the top of lists a lot. And then over time, people are like, actually, <laughs> this game sucks. And like, I'm like, wait a minute, sucks? <laughs> it was the best, now it sucks. And, you know, to each their own. I, video games are a subjective thing. And hey, as a person who like has like, as a lover of punk rock, it's never cool to like the most popular thing anyway. So it's kind of more fun to say, actually, Wind Waker's the best Zelda because that's mm. the one everyone hated. <laughs> you know, as you were talking about this, it, it got me thinking, especially when you were talking about, well, so many new things come out. I wonder if part of it is just a lot of the generation who's talking about games now this they weren't even alive yeah. when this game came out. Yeah. I'm realizing because I was thinking, well, how could you say Ocarina of Time sucks now? But I remember seeing a meme a little while back that was I guess it wasn't even a meme. It was just like, which type of gamer are you? And it had like like new young gamer and they had like the most recent Call of Duties or whatever. And it was like like pretty old gamer and it had like a Call of Duty that came out two years ago. And then it was like ancient gamer and it yeah. showed like Halo 4. And I was like, wait a minute, if that's an ancient gamer, then what am I? Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's not even that... It's not even that they're... Like the hot takes are because, you know, they like to bash on something big, which is of course super common. But I wonder if it just... 
wasn't even part of their gaming history now. And right. they're like, yeah, this isn't even something we talk about anymore. <laughs> like yeah. Ocarina of Time is not it anymore. I don't know. That was just a thought I had. I think that I love that. Um, I, I absolutely think that that's playing into it for sure. Because when oh, yeah. you look at Final Fantasy VII, for example, that just, I mean, at least Ocarina of Time is like a, a rendered human being model of a thing. Like that they have like horse hooves in Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it looks gross, but uh, you'll never, they'll never hesitate to throw a bone though to like a Chrono Trigger or a Final Fantasy VI. So Mm. that's my only, that would be my only thing I would say, not to disagree, but like just to add on to it is like, if you are a fairly new gamer you you also happen to like cherish pixel art as well so you might end up being like well actually super mario world is super good and then the second best one's galaxy you know what i mean like you just end up like with a weird opinion or take because you know i I mean and and besides who who wants to grow up with a medium anyway you know i i'll give it to the new kids man like whatever if you think ocarina of time sucks it sucks i don't care (laughs) like i i like it a lot and i think it's worth talking about yeah more for me but i do think it's a weird thing guys that like we've pretty much i mean we're a little young to have grown up with the entire medium of video games from its inception but we were there for the nes i mean like we were so we're we're gonna be able we this is like the rare example of us being able to track the complete development of a of an artistic medium in real time so our perspective is just like the best it's different for sure we're the guys we're the best yeah it's definitely the best we're the guys in like the the like the 30s being like no silent films man they that's where it was that's Mm. where that's where it was at yeah when that train was coming at the screen i ran out of the theater you have no idea i shit my pants um can i say though i do and we can move on uh i do like a, a lot of new games though I know that's yep. doesn't need to be said, but I, I still Jake's love a pretty the young guy. Games. Don't worry. He's a pretty young guy. I, I don't know. But you know, some people are like, ah, games. They used to be. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I think games are pretty friggin' amazing now, too. Yeah. I think games as a whole are better now than they've ever yeah. been. I mean, I that just I think that should just go without saying, right? Like, or I guess it doesn't go without saying. I like a, a lot of old cranky gamers maybe in their like, you know, uh early to mid forties or, you know, getting up there. They're they're like no, it was retro games only, and anything that comes out mm-hmm. today sucks. You hear that a lot, uh, especially on like retro gaming podcasts or whatever. This is a retro gaming podcast, but I, yeah, like I have a PS5 and Xbox Series X, and that's what I play. <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not out here like necessarily with my Atari 2600 playing Pitfall. Um, so yeah, what do you how do you feel about old games versus new games, July? Uh, for the record, I love uh, new games as much as anybody else. Uh, I'm definitely not one of those uh, gamers, like you said, that is just like eight bit, sixteen bit era is o- is the only era. There's nothing outside of that that's good. Um, hey, I think it's all good if yeah. it's if it's a, if it's got good gameplay and it's got a good story and. I'm a big music uh, enjoyer of in video games. If it has a good soundtrack, I'm I'm hooked in. Yeah, I think that's like, 
I think that's a that's a good place to leave that there. You know what I mean? Like, because you're right. It's about like, is this fun to play more than anything else? Is is it still fun to play? Like a Super Nintendo yeah. game can still be great to play, but you know, a lot like of the, them aren't. <laughs> yeah, like the most recent thing that I can think of, besides like a huge um, gaming property like Resident Evil Village, which I I loved is Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is a game that I probably wouldn't have heard of unless, you know, you guys would talk about it on the show. And I love the thing and it, it does play like it's um something you would find on your on your iPhone or something, but it has so much uh thought put into it and the music mm-hmm. is fantastic and Queen Latifah does a narration on it, and that's yeah. a, a crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a crazy thing. Yeah. Well, let's get into a little bit of Ocarina of Time, and uh, and there can... are some uh, Ocarina of Time references in it in that game. There are. Oh yeah. I well, mean, point I point them out. I mean, I think there. the main one is like you in that game. You're playing as someone who is in their room and I think it starts with something like a a fairy-like creature uh, begs them to start this journey. Oh yeah, sure. Which is how this game starts. Ocarina of Time is of course an action adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64. Came out in 1998 here. In November, that was a good Christmas. By the way, nineteen ninety eight. Does that feel late to anyone else, or does uh, that feel bright like on late the money? in the like late in the day, like late in time? I I would have guessed ninety six, ninety seven for this. Oh, game. I and see. In my in my mind, it takes it it comes out so much earlier in the nineties than almost right before the two thousands. Yeah, I think I thought it came out earlier than that too. Um, yeah, ninety six is definitely that time that sweet spot that i thought but if 98 yeah i, I guess uh you know as yeah. you hey listeners as you get older sort the years sort of blur together and yeah. memories uh, drift and drift away and um i would love <laughs> an ocarina of time older to, not me but i will love an ocarina to sort of get back to my youth oh wouldn't that oh, be nice fun yeah. Uh, yes, this is, of course, uh, uh, produced by the series co-creator Shigeru Miyamoto and written by Kensuke Tanabe, uh, veteran Zelda series composer Koji Kondo created the musical score, which is of note. Very good, very good score. Uh, songs written for this would come up again and again and again forever and ever and ever in in every Zelda game. And that's the thing. What I think about is... When I think of Zelda music, I think of all the music from this game. And yeah, yeah, for else. sure. And 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 you're right to do so because again, in a lot of the subsequent games, this the same music plays. Like, um, this is one of the rare uh, Zelda games that has a direct sequel with Majora's Mask that was released in the year 2000, which is like the year that I think like the PS2 came out, which is like. That's also crazy to think about the all these timelines. In my mind, is everything was PS2. I, I couldn't mm. even be bothered <laughs> with a Nintendo 64 after the PS2 came out. So it's just weird to think about like games like this or like Paper Mario coming out in 2001. It's like, what? Who were you 
who was that for? I we were done. Yeah. That's Nintendo's entire story is still making things on this old weird (laughs) console that doesn't make any sense. They when they put out new consoles, they're already really old. You play them and you think this can't be new, is it? That's what Nintendo does the whole time. It is truly bizarre. You're right to have someone get a PS2. What was that PS2 game everyone had? Onimusha or whatever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone had Onimusha, and then you're looking at <laughs> Pod Racer on N64, and you're like, how is this possible? <laughs> why, why would I do this to myself? Yeah, uh, it's funny. I remember when I pulled out my GameCube, it was already dusty. It was already just full of dust. It was already like this. Like they, like they transported it from an ancient time. Yes, yeah. The uh, These games, both Ocarina and Majora, got remakes on the 3DS, um, which is also not a very common thing. Both versions feature master quest alternative uh i guess layouts of the entire map and dungeons which is something i'm not too disinterested in playing uh, july would you be interested in doing a master quest i i would but i've never played it i've never played the because this is a port of the game Bo- gamecube uh master quest that's when it was originally released right as a pre-order for mm-hmm. wind waker never yeah. played it I don't know. I had something in my mind for years of just like, I don't want to sully my, my... I don't want to watch Sully. I don't want to watch the movie Sully. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, I... And then man. I... Oh, you're a big Sully fan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not a big Sully fan, but I just... It's disappointing because it's just like, well, you know, he's another hero and I don't know why we have to tear him down. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. If I had... I, if the world was more forgiving for jack the ripper types then i would be more yeah. forgiving for sully types the thing is sully was on the the lit the number one on the list of top 10 heroes of all time for like 20 years and then yeah. these kids come around and it's all about uh you know who uh who's who's a who's a modern day hero captain phillips yeah <laughs> yeah captain phillips yeah that's who they like now it's so dumb <laughs> Some hot young piece of ass like Captain Phillips. Um, what about uh, so this was supposed to originally be, I guess, a launch tile for the Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, missed it. Missed yeah, it by a bit, huh? Yeah, they missed it by by quite a bit, actually, two years. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I guess uh, it was also uh, then going to be a part of the disc system. That the Nintendo 64 had the 64 DD, uh huh, double D, double D, and then uh, eventually they were just like, nah, just put it on cartridge. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to put a disc. Yeah, we don't want to oh, do discs. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that at all. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, we should probably move over and just talk about gameplay. How about that? Sure. So is this phase two? This Where is phase are two. We? We're in phase two. I well, as I peruse okay. through the development of this game, I I was like, uh, there's a lot here, and <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know how to cherry pick through this. Like, what anyone's going to care about? Uh, how about this? Chairman Howard Lincoln insisted at E3 1998 that Zelda ship on time and become Nintendo's reinvigorating blockbuster akin to a hit Hollywood movie. He was right. He was right. And I think it did make $1 million. Okay. No, that's an unreasonable amount. Of money. And a that's, much, that's much a more lot. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. 
Um, here's a quote from Shakira Miyamoto about the development of the game. We opted not to use that limited time and energy on pre-rendered images for use in cinema scenes, but rather on tests on other interactive elements and polishing up the game. Like, this is in regards to whether they use, I guess, 3D models versus painted backgrounds, painted scenes. Uh, actually, I changed the scenario just a few months before completion, and although the staff was rather unhappy about taking apart something they had already created, we were able to make the fixes in a short amount of time so that it did not cause any problems time-wise. It may sound like an excuse, but it is not because the N64 doesn't have access to a CD-ROM that we incorporated real-time movie processing. Quite the contrary, to the greatest extent possible, we were able to use to make use of truly cinematic methods with our camera work without relying on the kind of data typically used to make cinema scenes. Uh, in a way, I feel like this really contributes to the game holding up a lot better yeah. than mm-hmm. other games. Yeah. <laughs> like... Uh, you know, in a way that maybe Metal Gear Solid holds up a little bit better than a game where, you know, you're cutting to some of the worst, like, CG FMV sequences. You know, I think about the original Final Fantasy VII to keep bringing that back up, but that had full motion video, and it's such a um, young uh, full motion video. Like, it's so young in that process. Like, even by Final Fantasy VIII, Everything looks a lot better. Yeah. Final Fantasy VIII's, I thought those looked awesome. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and nine, I think, looks like a PS2 game for better or worse. You know, I, I, I think that uh, full motion video, for me, I was all about it in the 90s. But when I go back and play a lot of these games, it's like, it's, it, it is a contributing factor in them looking worse. Also, when they port those games to HD or they, you know, remaster them, they can't do the full motion video again. So mm-hmm. it like a lot of times you're playing like I'm experiencing this with uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3, which is a PS2 game where like the in-game graphics look like up and beautiful and then they'll cut to the s- cinematics and they're ugly and blurry and like mm. it looks like someone took an old youtube clip and then just blew it up really big on my tv um so not great i would love it if that's what they did yeah yeah <laughs> that they would did, be fun if they just stretched it yeah across like, how do we save four hundred thousand dollars on this project <laughs> i'm like this is gonna be crazy but <laughs> it, i could just record the picture of this with my phone yeah it'd be also <laughs> great if you can see like the Thumbs up, thumbs down on the video mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and like the little like uh, icon moving across to show yeah. where yeah. I am in the video to know that. I'm It'd be nice done. to scroll down to the comments from time to time mm-hmm. just to see what the top comment is mm-hmm. when they were kind of capturing this. That'd yeah. be fun to First. see how many views it doesn't have. Surprisingly, it's like oh, forty thousand. That's First. shockingly low. Yeah, gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, can you can I say something uh I I don't know if this is phase 2 I'm so sorry if it's no, still No, we're, we're still one. in phase 1. We haven't uh, entered into phase 2 yet. Phase 2 will well, be gameplay. Well, I'm sorry if this is then essentially phase 2, but I find it interesting that its metacritic score is almost perfect. Almost yeah. a perfect 100 metacritic score, but one of the places that didn't give it a perfect score was Nintendo Power itself. <gasps> That feels unbelievable to me. That yeah. feels like uh, purposeful. Like we can't Jake, give they ourselves were journalists the first. best. Okay, they were in <laughs> chills for Nintendo second. 
But were, when you think about it, don't you just think if you're the person who if you're the one person who can't seem to score this game correctly, maybe you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm not saying take away their livelihood. I don't want to cancel them outright. All right. They're <laughs> not a they're not a Jack the Ripper. They're not type, a Jack but. the Ripper type. They're not a Captain Phillips type. But I do think that you're right. Uh, if you didn't give this game a person's uh, perfect score, you should be ousted from the industry. Well, what else? Wow. What, do you, what else do you want? What could you possibly have? What could it have you, this game not delivered? Yeah, I mean, come on. I, I guess like if someone gives Toy Story a bad review. I'm like, what did you expect? Yeah, okay. yeah. this was a perfect execution of these toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. July, did you have something? I, th- I feel like you were going to say something. I just was going to agree and say this game has action. It has mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. It has a kick-ass score. Yeah. What else do you need? What else do you need? I don't know. I don't know. This guy was the guy who reviewed it was probably being like, you know, well, there's no, you know, where's all the. Uh, I can't jump, you know. Where's oh, the jump button? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the gameplay mm-hmm. and potentially a little bit about the story. I like to start all these by by explaining to everyone exactly where this is on the grander Zelda timeline. Okay, oh, please, I know yeah. our li- this is the kind of the kind of hard edge podcasting that our listeners come to. Mm. Me and Connor just did a two part Hyrule Historia episode where we two part. <laughs> yeah, it had to be two parts. There's too many timelines where we discussed every timeline and tendril from every aspect of Zelda as published by Dark Horse through Nintendo uh, in the big Hyrule Historia book. I have a question about that, if you don't mind, if I can ask a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I'm sorry if this is not part of Phase 2. No, it's probably part of Phase 2. Okay, so... In your discussion of the, the the timelines, the Hyrule timelines, how did you guys feel about Zelda 2, which we <laughs> talked about being one of the worst games I've ever played? <laughs> right, yeah. Being ultimately the very last thing that Link experiences in this timeline. <laughs> how did we feel about it? <laughs> I'll tell you, by the time we got there, July, we were so exhausted from talking about the timeline that we didn't care and just really glossed over it. We were just like, and then Zelda 2 happens, and there's... I did bring back up how there's two Zeldas in that game. Yes. One of them was like the new one. One of them was like a sleeping awoken one, and Uh they never address it, but I'll tell you... Smart, probably smart for them not to address that. There's a pretty good... I think there's a pretty good chance that Breath of the Wild might actually be the most current thing on the timeline. From Whoa. what I've read. Oh, I don't come know. on. Yeah. Don't even. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not even... I'm not even here to... to I'm not even talking out of school. I'm not no. even blowing smoke. I think it might be... And there's some reasons for that. Because the timeline hasn't been updated since that whole timeline graphic got posted right and yeah well it was like back when skyward sword came out they were like this is the first zelda and by mm-hmm. the way we figured out where all the other ones belong in the timeline and then yeah. they published it out and everyone of course was not happy with it because mm-hmm. it, it also doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't address a ton of things but uh but yeah so certain games just don't are not featured in the in the book 
Like, okay. I believe Link Between Worlds is not in the book. Anyway. Link and Soul Calibur 4. <laughs> yes. Yes, Link and Soul Calibur 4 is not, is not addressed. So, uh, this game takes place... So, the beginning of the timeline starts with Skyward Sword. Blah, blah, blah. A bunch of stuff happens. Then we have Minish Cap, which, for whatever reason, that's like the next thing that happens in the timeline, which mm-hmm. means it's also like super canon because when we get through Minish Cap, we get uh, Four Swords, I believe. And then immediately after that is Ocarina of Time. Um, Got it. So what about Oracle of Seasons and Ages? Is that... That's that's not in this time. So what? Okay, so Jake, let me briefly explain. <laughs> You're gonna have okay. to share your screen, Jeremy, and just show us I, the timeline. I'm doing again. this I literally. Hope, I'm doing this literally I, I really off of hope memory. This is phase two. I, I'm, I really, this is part hope. of phase two. This is part of phase two. I'm, I'm literally doing this off of memory because I just ex- had to explain all this to Connor. Yeah. So what happens is those four games happen, and then Ocarina of Time starts a three-way timeline split where you have three hmm. different possible timelines that can three happen way. from Ocarina of Time. A like little menage trois, <laughs> uh, menage timeline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, oh, very uh, good. And then, you didn't uh, prep for this show. I didn't prep at all. I'm doing this all off the dome. So wow. that's what happens. Take it or leave it. Uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons happens in my favorite timeline, which is the Fallen Hero timeline. Uh, where because Link loses to Ganon. <laughs> It's where he loses to Ganon, which we'll get into that a little bit. But basically, the timeline ha- works as follows. The Child Link timeline is if everything happens good and you win and Zelda sends you back as a child. Right. That's the very next thing that happens is like he does Majora's Mask and then uh, Twilight Princess exists in that timeline too. Uh, hmm. If Link wins against Ganon and the seven sages seal him away in Ocarina of Time. Basically, it's kind of bad. The world whole like floods and then Wind Waker happens and then Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. All the goofy looking Link stuff happens. Weirdly enough, and I've been saying this now for a few episodes. Yes, exactly. So uh, weirdly enough, in that timeline, the Zoras die out for whatever reason, and they evolve and become bird people. They die in an all-water world? In an all-water scenario, over hundreds and hundreds of years, they evolve into bird people and take to huh. the skies instead. Okay. So that's Feels what- like the opposite of what evolution <laughs> would do. Yeah. <laughs> that scenario. Yeah, exactly. So that's where we get the bird people from. Okay. Uh, and then in the most canonized timeline where most of the games exist... Link actually dies in that final fight with Ganon in Ocarina of Time. The Seven Sages still seal Ganon away. Um, and then, like, freaking Link to the Past and the original Zelda and all these games, like, happen after that. So why does he die? He doesn't die. In most of our playthroughs, he lives. We We defeat Ganon. But in a timeline where you gave up and you didn't actually beat him, Huh. He he uh he is still sealed away. It's just that yeah. And and that's like so kind then of is the most Link reincarnated timeline. when he dies? Yeah. Link is so the thing about Link is that he's not like Link's not really even a a guy really. He's right, not right, really right. a thing. He's like he's just like 
you name him Link, actually, in every game. Like, you just kind of name him Link, and then you're just a guy, and you look similarly, and... And like you might recognize yourself and like, oh, I kind of look like the old hero of time. But basically, it's a, oh. they're not necessarily related. I thought they were related. They're not the same guy? They're not the same guy, and they're maybe not even necessarily related. They, these games take place over hundreds. Now, Zeldas all come from the same royal bloodline. Uh-huh. Okay. Who are they marrying? Lynx, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lynx, I'll accept that. Probably. <laughs> But <laughs> still, somehow, the future links are not related to those links. No. <laughs> no. Well, because if you think about it, some links are blonde, but then some have brown hair with sideburns. So. Oh, right. And some yeah. have face tattoos. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, si- the timeline's all messed up, but basically, Ocarina of Time is like the last thing that happens before. It gets all th- split. It gets all split, yeah. Um, and I feel so, like they. Might- so, do you consider everything on the Link dies timeline to be sort of the real canon, and then the other two timelines are more of that uh, like fan fictiony type Link? Yeah, because in a, more than I think that, I feel like Nintendo thinks that because that they wrote it, they they wrote it this way. So they like they decided no. See what happens here is that floods and then. We sectioned off the goofy anime looking ones here. Mm-hmm. And then I think they got kind of confused with the child link timeline because that's just two games and one of them's Twilight Princess. And that feels like they could have just moved it over. And I don't know. But but yeah, I guess Nintendo, it feels like really thinks that like all these games belong in like one lineage. And then there's some offshoot things that happen. Uh, I think that the calamity stuff happens at the end only because there's birds and zoras in it so i think like something happens like maybe the the world drains and then okay zoras but come back or you th- that happens in the adult ganon is sealed timeline that would be the adult ganon is sealed timeline got it okay yeah interesting mm. so like you beat the game you win and then that that leads to a progression that leads to the uh, breath of the wild yeah so my thing still stands if you die against ganon in this game the very last thing on mm-hmm. this timeline is zelda 2 which is the worst the game of all game time. of all time yeah mm-hmm. and it's very fitting because if you think about this linearly and this is the last thing that link has to deal with sort of it's sort of like his covid <laughs> Yep. It's sort of like very much say that, yeah. It's sort of like COVID for for Link. Yeah. I definitely think so. Well, anyways, is it time for a break? Yeah, no, we're not (laughs) (laughs) the uh the story of uh of this game is basically Ganon. Dwarf is uh it I actually after replaying it I realized it actually has a little bit more of a story than I gave it credit for in my mind like it yeah, it, starts, it has a nice simple story yeah but like Ganondorf is like a member of the uh, Gerudo mm-hmm. people the 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 sand people of like the thieves or whatever and then he like becomes an aide to the king and it's like. It, you get this sense at the beginning of the game that he's like actually has like he's a clearly a bad guy. I mean, look at him. Like yeah. you can just 
see him from a mile away. He's got the like BDSM gear on and like a long cape, green uh, skin. Yeah, and then and you know he's, uh, but it it's you know Zelda just has a premonition about him, and um, I guess what happens is he infects that tree. And then you go through that tree area and the tree's like, basically, you got to go to Hyrule. You got to blah, blah, blah. You got to start this quest. You got to help us out. And so you do. You're, you're As Link, you're caught up in like way too much of a scenario than I think you wanted to be. And uh, you bring those three gems in and Zelda is basically taken away with uh, with Impa and, and Ganondorf has basically sealed the fate for Hyrule turned the land into chaos, turned the turn the entire community into zombies or whatever. A lot of those people either go into hiding or die. And yeah, are those the same people that are in the uh that town square? They're just zombified. I mean, I believe some of them probably might be, and then some of them escape to the other village, the right. Kakariko Ka- village. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so basically at that point, you go to the Temple of Time, you open the door, and you pull the Master Sword from its pedestal. <gasps> you are traveled in time uh, seven years into an adult version of yourself where the land is in complete shambles, complete turmoil. First thing Link does, buy cigarettes, mm-hmm. boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, buys porn. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And you're kind of tasked by this sage to uh to basically gather up all these medallions these medallions are gonna awaken all seven sages which is like between that and the the power of light i suppose you're gonna seal away you're gonna seal away ganon ganon who by the way in every game is trying to get all pieces of the triforce which by the way is sort of a confusing thing in and of itself because ganon always has one piece mm-hmm. of it Zelda always has one, and then Link always has the other one. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how you get the pieces. I assume you murder the other person and steal it from them. Is that how it works? And you, you they like suck it their 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 essence. Basically. Yeah, I like that. I like is, that. Lead. So is the Legend of Zelda? I guess just this story in this world. That's a story that just echoes over and over and over again with these three people. Is each one always the same piece of a Triforce? Because aren't they like representing courage and power or something like that? Yeah, courage, power, and wisdom. Wisdom. And courage. of course, Ganon always has the power one. Uh-huh. And you have the courage and Zelda has the wisdom. Well, so I hate to even call it this, but there's actually kind of a powerful moment in Skyward Sword. <laughs> If I can call it a powerful moment where... Oh, when you because you can swing horizontally or vertically depending on the enemy. So is it like the sort of with the Wiimote? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of depending on how strong you are is how fast that's you swipe it. And that's kind that's, of a powerful moment. Yep. Another powerful Big. moment is at the end of that game when you beat Ganon, he, he's not called Ganon yet. He's called Demise. And he curses you. He says, forever and ever and ever, we are going to be locked in a th- in basically a uh, a loop, I'm always going to come back, and I'm always going to hunt Zelda, and you're always going to come have to come after me. Huge forever. spoiler, yeah, it's, it's a, a big spoiler. spoiler. Yeah, it's yeah. A big spoiler for I really Skyward wish you Sword. Said wow, big spoiler for someone who hasn't played Skyward Sword. 
Me. Is that who? Who is that? You, July? Yeah. <laughs> I'm super sorry. <laughs> it's fine. But uh, that's not the only thing that happens in that game. I'll Other forget about it too. next week. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first game in the timeline. Yeah. That is the first game in the timeline. So it sets off this chain of events. We need to get one before that. <laughs> I want one before that. I want to be like, not even. You thought that was a moment? No, no, no. Uh, that moment is actually not bad for a game that I would consider to be a C plus at best. Uh, I think that it. Wow, I think that's that it actually does. worse than the spoiler. You saying that, that game's a C plus? <laughs> Never played it, but excited uh, to uh, this summer. With the well, remaster, yeah. with the summer when that remaster comes out, we'll all get to play it. We'll all spoil it. We'll all spoil it together. Yeah. Yep. The uh, I think that's kind of I think that's kind of interesting. Like if you had to go back in time and like retroactively canonize everything to go like, well, what if this was like all a trick? It's all a curse, and like basically every game that you play through this loop, you're just kind of doing what the evil one wants you to again and again and again forever and ever and ever. So that's interesting. So then that kind of goes back to so is Ganon the same Ganon throughout all these timelines? Yes. So in the, yes. That is is sort of true. Like Ganon is the same and in a Voldemort way I think can kind of dematerialize and Mm -hmm. possess wizards and then become himself and his true form is a demon but ganondorf you're is this wizard humanoid. link yeah yeah Wiz- <laughs> yeah sure you're a wizard link <laughs> you're a lizard ganon <laughs> yeah so that's that's kind of a brief overview uh eventually you know you get all the medallions you're aided by this mysterious uh accompanier sheik who is this ninja-like presence who can come and go and kind of helps you out throughout the game. Very cool character. It's revealed towards the end of the game that, of course, Sheik, who has been helping you all along, is actually Princess Zelda in disguise. Um, yes. At which point, she gives you the light arrows, which is the thing you kind of need in every Zelda game to finish. And you go beat Ganondorf, and whatever happens, happens. That's the basic story. It actually ain't that bad. And a lot of the side... Whatever happens, happens. (laughs) Whatever happens, happens. Either three different outcomes will happen. I kind of love what you told me about Skyward Sword there. I kind of love that. You explaining this timeline, I feel bad because I know there are probably some people listening to this that would like me to know more about Zelda, (laughs) but uh, I'm actually like, I kind of really love that they did that in Skyward Sword. And now the story you're telling me of Ocarina of Time, I think it's really fascinating that they did this with this timeline. I'm sorry, this isn't the timeline episode. This probably is not phase two no, at no, all. No, no, this is definitely part of phase two. And I don't I'm glad, know. I'm you said phase two was gameplay and something else. <laughs> yeah, so not phase <laughs> and story. two. No, no, no. I said gameplay and story. Right. Gameplay right. and story. Because I knew story was gonna be lighter. Uh but I'm glad that I'm glad that you do enjoy it because that is uh I also kind of enjoy facets of it. There's there's still parts that I wish were cleaner, obviously, like when you actually break down the timeline, like, like there's so many different like dark worlds or like twilight mm-hmm. worlds or mirror worlds, and, and they never explain if those are the same thing or if there's just a million different ones or Dark Link. You know, yeah, like Dark Link. Does he come from where does he come Toon, from? Toon Link. Toon Link. 
Tunic. Yeah. Marth. Ness. You know, <laughs> I always looked at the story. I, I, I guess I was thinking of the story not in the literal like beat by beat what happens in it, but it definitely feels like this whole story as I look back on it is just about like growing up. Yeah. The Ocarina of Time specifically is like you're a little boy and you have to face real problems in this world. You can't be a boy anymore. So now you have to be a man. You have yeah. to save the world as a big, strong man. I felt like that. Yeah. Kind of and it's interesting you about. say that um, one of the, the greatest um, punk rock bands of our generation, Blink-182, actually wrote one of their songs based off of this. Uh, Damn it. Wow. Yeah, when they said in the chorus, well, I guess this is growing up. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I, I do think that's nuts. I, you know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit, too? Is the, the the the, <laughs> the movie uh, Hook a little bit. Where oh, it's yeah. Like, and not just because we got two green tunic wearing adult, adult men, but it's... Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, kind of this idea of like, yeah, you're you're like losing your innocence and what does it mean to lose your innocence and like kind of retrieve it and kind of bounce back and forth. And then beyond that, you know, just like I kind of love that they didn't have to. It could have just been Ganon's an evil person who came to take over Hyrule. Mm-hmm. But instead, they had this whole subplot of where he was actually an ambassador from another area. And, you know, you see him in the window when you're a kid. I feel like there's a lot of moments Great where... Moment. Yeah, you see him in the window when he walks by and he kind of looks at you and it's like there's all these like great foreshadowing and he's so larger than life when you're a kid and it's about like also overcoming your fear as an adult like I can actually take this guy, you know, like that moment that's kind of uh, when I remember playing it for the first time uh as a kid, I was like, "Oh, that is a scary tense moment. This evil being is like he catches you spying on him." Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, weirdly enough, the uh, uh, the beginning of Twilight Princess. I don't know. Have, have either of you played that? I guess Jake, you haven't played it, but I played July? the beginning. No, I played I the not. first couple hours of it. I've just never beat it. The, the The beginning of Twilight Princess starts with Ganondorf is on trial mm-hmm. for like everything he did in Ocarina of Time. Like it's like it's kind of it's kind of nuts. And so like that to me, Deku nuts, yeah. It's kind of like Deku nuts. And that to me is like a, it's like a, if you really want like a hard, fast sequel, Twilight Princess is kind of a close one because it kind of just continues that story in a way that Majora's side of sort of a side thing. But are you the same link? No, but you're fighting the same battle. So it's like, okay. yeah. So you're the, yeah. So Link is just the hero reborn. Yeah. But he is the same Link in Majora's Mask. He is the same Link in Majora's Mask. And then like, if you play Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, those are the same Links. Also Oracle of Ages and Seasons, those are the same Link as Link's Awakening and Link to the Past. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because okay. I always thought those games as Pokemon Red or Blue were it's essentially the same story, but you're just, uh, it's a different color palette or, or different weapons mm-hmm. or whatever. But as I'm playing them now, they're two completely different stories. Yeah. And they're sequels, which is kind of a, kind of a nuts, uh, Deku kind of a nuts, yeah. nuts uh, mm-hmm. thing for Nintendo to do is just drop two completely different games at once. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It is weird. It is. Uh, yeah. Again, all fascinating stuff. 
with regards to story, and we can get into more aspects of the story as we go. But well, I have another story question. Yeah, that's what, okay. What yeah, the sages are they dead? Go. Uh, dead's hard. I don't. Dead is a weird question in Zelda because things are. What's dead may never die. It's like they're mm. all. Everything's always alive and sort of in a different place or force ghosts. Like here's an here's the crazy thing in Twilight Princess. There is a uh, okay. So th- this is again. I'm I'm like literally repeating stuff I said <laughs> on a, a previous episode. So I, I apologize. Fine. It's fine. But in uh, at the end of Majora's Mask, basically the. What happens is Link leaves that scenario and he goes off on his ho- on Epona as a child and no one ever sees or hears from him again. Then years later when Twilight Princess is happening, you are trained by this like weird swordsman with like a helmet who's like an undead thing from the past and that's actually the child Link who died who's like inhabiting this spirit like this like armored guy to like train you in how to like fight with swords so got it like that link ocarina of time link actually does show up in twilight princess Mm -hmm. in like an Mm. obi-wan luke skywalker kind of way right right um so is that what the sages are in regards to this game they're sort of just yeah like well like if you notice like what's her name uh the little green girl is saria saria she is one uh, and then, like, of course, the adult Sora girl, she's one. Uh, then there's some people you never met before, like Impa, you never really meet in the game, but she ends up being a sage. Well, you do. You, you meet her um, when you're a kid in the very beginning of the game. Well, you meet her when she's r- rushing out of the castle, right? That moment, but also when you're leaving the castle after talking to Zelda. Oh, she's like standing there or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she say anything to you? I don't know. Oh, she talks a lot. I don't think this is in the 3DS remake. Ah, It's definitely in the N64 version. She she talks to you. There's a whole cutscene. Oh, weird. Yeah, no, I mean, like, Impa just... Yeah, she's... Well, she's a sage for sure. Sages are like... Yeah, they're like... They're like dead god protectors or whatever. They're, you know... And they uh, and they have all this power, and they can like help aid and abed uh, you, and they do later in the game. So, as we mentioned before, this is an action adventure game set in an expansive environment. Um, so, what are we what are we talking about when we when we turn on this game? Basically, we are we are playing an N sixty four most likely. So we you know we're we're at the whim of whatever that controller does, right? So what do you got? Like your action buttons are like roll and you have a button for slashing your sword. Uh, your R button like usually is tethered to your shield. And then you have your, uh, your C buttons, I guess. Uh, how many are dedicated to your items? Was it two? Um, or three. It's, One of them's camera for sure. One of them definitely is like look, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember for the N64. I think it's three items that you can use, mm-hmm. and then of course on top of that you have your sword. Then that's always like your dedicated. There's a dedicated button for your sword, mm-hmm. and of course your shield and, and whatnot. Yeah, uh, we're in a 3D environment. We have no right stick for camera, 
So what do we use? This is story still? No, this is phase two. This is deep into gameplay now. We're deep into oh, how, this gameplay. How do you okay. play this game? So we got <laughs> we got a, a, a Z button basically to target, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. That targeting button is your best friend. You can strafe around enemies with that. It's really without that button, combat becomes ins- insanely hard, especially when you're trying to like shoot arrows at bats and stuff. Like it, it becomes a uh, yeah. It can become a real chore if you're not utilizing that Z button, which is something I didn't do as a child. I, I still feel like the N64 in a lot of ways was a good half step between like a two stick control system from just Mm -hmm. a d-pad because i definitely needed that half step to get there i i i found it hard to like understand every button on the n64 i remember just like playing through lots of this game not using certain buttons on knowing i could use them or what they did or whatever um yeah so you have you have a move set that's basically like a, a slash combination if you hold down that button you can do a big spin which is i believe the is that that's like the second time that's used i guess linked to the past the first one where you were able to Mm -hmm. use that um you can do backflips which are really fun to do which is if you're targeting onto something and then you jump backwards or you go to roll backwards you you, your character does a backflip uh you're given a series of items throughout the game including a hook shot which i think is probably the big highlight for ocarina of time i don't know what you guys think but the idea that you're able to get such verticality in this game the idea that you're able to take a hook shot and actually like scale mountains and so cool it's it's so awesome and it makes you feel like you're flying in a lot of ways like like i batman it's kind of like your batman or maybe spider-man one of those two uh not enough i can't say enough nice things about the hook shot absolutely obsessed with it i think i think it's one of those things it's it's hard to even recognize it now because games have have so much cooler shit in them i mean i I, was it like just cause you can like lasso a helicopter and like yeah (laughs) do some crazy shit in that this is like the most tamest mildest version of what it's like to just experience a game in a new way i feel like this is like you know, you're talking about playing Mario 64, which, you know, had f- literal flight in that game. This was just another way of experiencing that. And I feel like actually wowed me as a kid. Do you guys like the hook shot? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something about like a grappling hook style thing that is in clearly it's in our uh, like our soul <laughs> that we have to get it. As technology advances, our grappling hooks do with it. And Zelda was just like, hey, technology's here. It's time to have something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like every game tries to nail that. Like, yeah, every game tries to nail having some sort of like grappling mechanic like that. And some games, are just, it's just amazing. And yeah, this was one of those early moments where a game stopped being on one plane. It mm. felt like like a big, a 3d game was like, Oh, you're not only on this level or you don't only go upstairs. Like, yeah, it, it felt big. I agree. Yeah. And I think like when we talk about it being an expansive sort of overworld or an expansive world in general, like this is one of the, this is one of the two big things I'd point to is like, yeah, like, the the hook shot definitely makes you feel that way. The other thing I would point to is probably the use of a horse. So, 
Epona mm-hmm. is this horse that you're you make friends with when you're a child, and then if you grow up and remember the horse's song, the horse becomes friends with you, and you're able to race that weird pedophile looking guy at at the stables and beat him and then the luigi guy the luigi guy yeah <laughs> yeah never made that connection before i guess he does look like no it's mario really luigi. it's yeah, mario yeah. luigi at the yeah, ranch that's great that's great the lawn lawn ranch and i yeah. guess daisy is uh mario's daughter oh know, or, that's a weird hmm. we didn't see that coming yeah luigi luigi what's going on here that's pretty eyebrow raising yeah it's your friend's daughter. Uh, 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 M- Marin is that her name? Mar- Marin. Yeah, What's that's her name. Marin. What's her name in this? Um, the Lawn Lawn Ranch. I'm not gonna look it up. Uh, Malin. Is it Malin? Malon. M A L O N. Okay. M A L O N. Great. Mark Malin. So, yeah, I think having a horse actually makes this game feel like a big, huge freaking thing. Like when you're on foot, it's like, how am I ever going to get anywhere? And when you finally get that horse, you're like, finally, I can like get to places. And then you start to realize just how big and open that area is. Now, compared to something like Breath of the Wild or a Grand Theft Auto game, you know, it's nothing. It's like you're basically in a little little kid's playpen or something compared to that. But 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 since you bring those games up, isn't it interesting that the Red Dead games brought back the horse riding experience and people love it and it's like well what what game sort of started that whole thing yeah mm-hmm. and i'm this just gonna game. say it here i enjoy riding a horse in ocarina of time even a little better than red dead okay i like that wow yeah, yeah. i mean uh I, I just wish it had a pat mechanic where i could just Give my horse a little pat. And you don't like slapping you. the horse on the butt and the, a carrot icon disappearing each time we <laughs> do it? So disappearing. As if I hit my horse so hard, it shat a carrot out? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I, I thought it was like, well, because the connection there is like, oh, you're f- supposed to be feeding a carrot to a pony and it's going faster, but it's just the animation. It's you're slapping its butt to go mm-hmm. faster. <laughs> um yeah so uh, after replaying this game my take on the world of this is that it's actually exactly as big as it needs to be like there it does not need to be any bigger and there does not really need to be any more things to it like i get that breath of the wild is this wonderfully expansive game so beautiful so much fun but comparing it to ocarina of time i think is like comparing the Lord of the Rings trilogy to, you know, Jaws or something where like Jaws is like one contained thing. It's streamlined. It doesn't overstay its welcome and it's still very powerful and impactful. Mm -hmm. It's exactly as long as it needs to be. Lord of the Rings is its own thing. That's as big as it needs to be. But I don't think they're necessarily like, I don't think breath of the wild is better inherently because it's bigger and has better exploration and, you know, whatever. I think that it's different and it's cool in its own way, but you know, sort of like how Mario 3D World is not necessarily worse than Mario, another Mar- Mario Galaxy or something. It's just like right. just like different kinds of ideas and how to tackle a Zelda game. I don't know. What did you think about that, July? Do you, do you how do you feel about this compared to Breath of the Wild? Well, as someone who's um, 
held off on beating Breath of the Wild because of that reason, because it's so expansive, you can get just lost doing a ton of side quests or trying to obtain a specific weapon or just traveling and seeing all the sites that are in it. Um, I think they're, it's a two, they're two completely different games. I, I, I don't really think of Breath of the Wild as a Zelda game for me, I think of it as its own sort of standalone game, and then they just said, "Well, we're gonna put Zelda on this." Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, but uh, yeah. So I, you know, c- comparing it to this, you know, it's it's very different for me, and I agree with you. I think this is as long as it needs to be, and there's already so much to explore in it, especially for its time. Uh, when it was released, and uh, and there's also so many other interesting gameplay mechanics that uh, sort of are akin to Super Mario, like the tunics and being able to change through those and those giving you special abilities, which is very funny. You put on a blue shirt and you can now... <laughs> breathe underwater. Yeah. Breathe underwater. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's... I mean, I, I do love Breath of the Wild, but again, it's a different thing. To me. Totally. Yeah. I, I don't I don't care for the most part how long a game is, as long as it feels like it's doing what it meant to do, however long that time frame is. Because you'll play something now for I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla last year, and that is a long game. Mm-hmm. It's so long. I didn't beat it. I got bored with it. It's yeah. way too long. There's way too much stuff to do. I like a game where it goes, yeah, that's about how long it was. It was like 15 hours mm-hmm. and you did all the stuff and it told a good story. Like I, for me, I don't think uh, it's a sign of really any, <laughs> it's not a knock on a game or a positive for a game, how long it is. It would be cool if the best experience we ever had was 500 hours long, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But I also kind of like a game that's really, really good. And then you finish it in 10 hours and you're like, oh, that was great. Yeah. I loved that. I loved every oh, second of it. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think, uh, you know, I, I replayed or I played for the very first time gear, the original Gears of War recently. I beat, I beat it because I had, I'm catching up on all these Xbox games because I never played them. I never had a 360 or an Xbox one. So I'm playing this game and I'm not loving it. Not going to lie. It's kind of, it's kind of showing its age at this point and mm-hmm. its vibe is sort of not super my vibe. I get what it's doing and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of liking parts of it, but I'm not, I'm not having the best time with it. Well, I mean, six hours later, I roll credits and I got to tell you, I was like, huh, I, I enjoyed that experience way more than if it was 12 hours long. Absolutely. And I think now the game, I, would put it in a more positive light by virtue of it being it is what it is a hundred percent and it's in it and it ends in a way that maybe go maybe i'll check out gears five i mean if they're all like this i mean i mean i got time to play six hours of that i don't have time to play 24 hours of hoorah uh uh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna uh, open a can of whoop ass on on these on these bugs or what or whatever the kind of dialogue is in that game but I think six hours, yeah, I do have time to play a campaign like Was that. Was that a so, tough one to play? Because I feel like the even for the single campaigns for those games, it kind of urges you to play co-op 
because there's certain parts of the games uh, mm-hmm. where it's kind of tough to play with like an AI because AI is always very getting, stupid. Yeah, and they they get stuck on the level geometry constantly. And several times I did have to reboot my game so that my guy Cole would figure himself out. Mm-hmm. Come on, Cole. Uh, yeah, I think that this game has also like the right amount of secrets and stuff to it. Yes, exactly. And I won't be spoiling where those secrets are or what those secrets are, but there's some pretty cool stuff you can get in this game. You know? Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're not you going to say it? it? Yeah, you're not yeah. going to say it for real? No, no, no. No, no, no. Can't, can't. You spoiled another game that we're not even talking about. I know, but not this one. That no, was shocking for me, by the way. There, I was <laughs> shocked. As you were saying, I was like, is he really saying this right now? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about this game. Mm-hmm. I guess he's saying it. Yep. <laughs> so, well, you were asking me so many story questions. I mean, I kind of just blurted it out. <laughs> Also, it's the third time I've told that story on this podcast, on this network. Uh, 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 No, I think, uh, does anyone have a favorite, like, secret or side quest? I mean, for me, nothing beats the big Goron sword. I mean, that's the big trading sequence in this game. And, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's well worth it. I mean, isn't there another trading sequence involving masks? That's like, yes. That's like actually super disappointing. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, when I was going through my uh my guidebook this recent playthrough, I was like, you oh, you don't get anything for doing this really. You just get the yeah. I think you get the Goron mask, Zora mask, and Oh, I remember this. Maybe the Deco mask, but they don't transform you as they do in Majora's mask. They're just masks that you can wear and talk to other NPCs in the game, and uh, they'll just react differently to you wearing yeah. the mask. But uh, right, oh yeah, because you f- you finally get the bunny hood. Yeah, that too. Is yeah. that right? Yes. Oh wow! And that's like you run faster, right? You walk faster. With that. But I don't know if that even is in this game. I think that's solely Majora's just in Majora. Mask. Yeah, yeah. I that's that's kind of a troll side quest a little bit because you don't there's. Not much that you get, but it's I, a nice think, introduction to what ultimately you got to do in Majora's Mask, which is a lot of that game is trying to get all gather all these masks to. I'm going to spoil this game because <laughs> since you spoiled the other game, that's fine. That's fine. But ultimately, you need all those masks to turn into Fierce Deity Link, mm-hmm. which is a completely different Link than the Link you are. <laughs> It's just a completely different... You're just turned into a guy <laughs> that's also named Link. Yeah. To so, kill Majora. Right. I did not do that in my playthrough. You didn't do it. No, I didn't do that. I didn't I didn't want to do that. I saw what I had to do to do that, and I was like, I don't like this game already. I'm going to try I'm gonna <gasps> try to get, get through it as fast as I can. No, no a, I mean, I... That's I a might, big spoiler for that episode. I do have I know I, I come back I come back around on it you'll see it's gonna be a good one uh anyway <laughs> this uh the big Warren sword I think is well worth the time oh yeah because it's basically you can buy a version of it earlier in the game but it breaks on you mm-hmm. but it's a super strong sword and it can just you can just like get through a lot of the game a lot quicker if you have this thing uh, you can't use your shield because it's a two-hander when you have it but um I don't know it's it's 
I remember I remember as a kid doing the big orange thing, getting the big orange sword and being like, this is fucking awesome. I just remember being thinking it was so cool. Uh, didn't do it on my recent playthrough, didn't go through and get the big orange sword, but yeah. That's, I was yeah. even going to ask on your new playthroughs when you guys go back and play these games again, do you do you kind of blaze through them or like how in depth do you go with when it's like a big side quest or something? Hmm. I blazed through mine. I mainlined the game and because mm-hmm. the game is in in retrospect pretty easy. Um mm-hmm. I didn't even feel the need to like collect heart pieces and get my like health up more because I never died really in the game. Mm-hmm. So I just I, did I, that. I just wanted to see all the story beats and I wanted to remember the temples and dungeons and stuff. I didn't I didn't really need to do all the side quest stuff. The big orange sword side quest was the only one I thought about doing and then i it's because in these early zelda games everything's so esoteric like you're not sure exactly like what to do like you have to kind of look at a guide i i was like i'm not i don't want to read to do this i just want to like play it through and Mm -hmm. luckily this is a game that you don't really need a guide to just beat it you know there's only one part i was so confused i actually texted you july when because you were it was like where do i get the magnifying glass to see through the walls and stuff yeah which is i think they tell you so i don't know if I, so what's you crazy about this, this thing. no i miss so what happened was i actually did a later part of that mission mm-hmm. er, uh earlier i oh. i got the song of storms and and went down into the crypt before i got the cutscene with lincoln Chic. Oh, right, because I told you about that, that you had yeah. to experience yep. that cutscene. So scene. I had to go back, experience the cutscene, and then go down and Which, uh, for the listeners, look up this cutscene. I was telling Jeremy that yeah. it's one of the funniest things in the game. Sheik <laughs> uh, is sort of portrayed as a very stoic, quiet, mysterious character, is just flung into the sky, and it <laughs> starts screaming. <laughs> and And it's like... Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very funny and check it out. But, um, uh, it, in regards to side quests and, and how deep in the game I got, I, I, I went for all the heart pieces because I just remembered from memory some of the early ones that you can get. And I was like, I might as well just do all these. Cause mm-hmm. if it's something that's going to benefit the playthrough, I think it it's, it's fine. The one thing that I didn't do is get all the bottles because the last bottle you do have to do like a very monotonous thing which is kill all the big pose in Hyrule yeah. Field on mm-hmm. Epona and that is o- always like a tricky thing because they can just disappear on you and it, it's very time consuming so that's the one thing I didn't uh, go for in my mm. recent playthrough yeah Jake, you have like a a favorite like memory of I want to say like maybe not even a side quest, but just like a particular beat of the story or NPCs or like or like do you remember like going to these villages for the first? I mean, is there anything like in that in there you remember? I when I think about this game, the first thing I think is that like is it the is it the Kokorai forest yeah. music or whatever? So my brain immediately goes there. I think of the first time I 
jumped off the Deku tree, mm. like all the way at the top and then rolled at the bottom. Like these are big moments for me. I mm-hmm. think of how annoyed I was at the water temple having to like go into my inventory so many times. Mm, yeah. I remember that. Did they fix that by they the way? They did fix it. Uh, you didn't, you don't have to in the original N64, you have to pause and change it to your uh, iron boots each time. Now it's just an icon on as one of your weapons, so you can just change in and out immediately. And also now there's arrows in the water temple to you know like this is this leads to the room where you have to go to change the water level. Oh, nice! Well, I mean, because yeah. that's obviously that was like. I feel like that is the probably the reason this game sold so many guides yeah. was the water temple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I agree. Like yeah. Such yeah. a crazy cumbersome thing. I know so many people who never got past it. They stopped playing at the water temple. I feel like that was a really a uh, real common thing back then. But the it's weird when I think back to the game, I mostly remember all the young link stuff and I wonder mm-hmm. if that's just because I was a kid and I connected most with that, but I feel like Whenever I think about this game, all I think about is all the Young Link stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. It's definitely... It's also like you might have restarted the game several times and therefore replayed that only. Like, I, I remember the beginnings of lots of games that I that I don't remember the ends of at all because maybe I never even got there. Temple Talk... Uh, uh, dungeon, um, dungeon discussion. Discussion. Thank you. I was gonna say dictation. Uh, dis- <laughs> discussion's better though. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so why don't we just focus on the water temple and get it out of the way? Because we this is the most famous Whoa. temple from this game. We're jumping uh, dungeons here. What's that? We're, we're jumping temples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna. I don't want to. You know, we don't have to talk about every single one, and we don't have to go through each each one of them. But I definitely want to talk about highlights from the game. Uh, yeah. Water Temple to me is, it's it's the opposite of a highlight. It's like the <laughs> the thing that this game is actually infamous for. A lot of people reference this. This is one of the earliest memes I remember. Is like involving the water temple like one of the earliest gifts I saw on the internet was just like making fun of how hard the water temple is and was uh i do i remember it being it being awful at the time i played it but i also had a guide so i did get through it it just still sucks because i think of how time consuming it was i will say that because the 3ds version has these accommodations Mm -hmm. i found this to actually be my favorite temple that i played in my replay i hate this i hate that you're saying this i hate that you're saying this there's so many more better temples than this temple even with the added changes fun it was so fun to figure out like how how raising and lowering the water would get (laughs) me to different places i i'm not even kidding i actually i was but i also probably was expecting it to be much you're gonna tell me that jabu jabu's belly was one of the best things of the game where you have to carry this little Zora girl that, that wants to marry that you. That was my least favorite dungeon. Um, that was actually my least favorite in the game. That's always the thing that gives me anxiety when I replay this game is knowing I have to get through that part of the game yeah. because if you drop her or you lose her, you have to go all the way to the beginning of the dungeon and carry her all through all these rooms once again. 
Yeah, it's, it's awful. not good. And I will say that uh, there is a water temple in Majora's Mask, and uh, I yeah. I think by far worse than the Ocarina of Time water temple. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the swimming in that is just drives me crazy. Oh yes, yes, I did get the hang of it though. Once you get the hang of the swimming in that game, it it gets a little better. Yeah, I felt like I never did. I was constantly in turmoil in that mm-hmm. in that dungeon and also trying to get the fairy. Oh, it was a nightmare. Uh, but the water temple, we love you. R.I.P. <laughs> we'll see you later. Uh, R.I.P. Does it, is it the most famous dungeon in all of Zelda? Like if, mm-hmm. if, oh, if you be. said to someone... If there was, uh, what is that, Family Feud or whatever, yeah. and everyone was like naming a dungeon, it'd be like one of the top ones. It's got to be. Yes. Oh, yeah. What even comes close? Not, I, I don't know. I think Water Temple is also like, it started a larger discussion about water t- levels in general back in the day. Like, I remember in the early 2000s, like, people were like, yeah, that sucked. And also, every water level in every video game sucks. And then, like, you would start to get... Oh yeah, Mario's so super. What is water? It's just you're slower. You you yeah. probably drown. There's like lots of <laughs> yeah. In the Sonic games, if you're under the water, worst. you're just yeah. gonna die. <laughs> you're just yeah. The Sonic games are the best example of how bad water levels can be. Um, the music changes really fast. Just gives you more stresses anxiety. you out. Yeah, stresses yeah. you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also I don't know what it is about game developers, but they really get off on a puzzle where you have to raise and lower the water yeah. level. Like that is a thing in so many games. I never find it interesting. It's either way simple mm-hmm. and just kind of a waste of time, or it's annoyingly complex where I miss something and I'm like, oh, now I gotta go back to that other valve. Yes. And you have to run all the way back. I've I never enjoy them. It kind of reminds me of an escort mission. Yep. In that I'm not sure who they're designing this moment for because I don't know anyone who's like, oh yeah. And then when you turn the other valve, okay, yeah, yeah, then now it goes up. <laughs> and then oh now that little plank's floating over here. Okay. Like I don't know anyone who likes those. Well, moments. that's the big thing for me is uh anything that sort of needs you to backtrack to a place you've already been to. I'm not a fan of because no. then that's where you're going to get lost. Like, oh shit, where do I have to go again? Oh, I already been here. Oh, but I it's changed now because I changed the thing. Yeah. Especially when the environment doesn't do enough to show you what's yeah. changed. You're like, oh, I guess, oh, there was another way on that corridor. I didn't go that way. Now I can go that way. <laughs> yeah. It's not when just talking about it, it would be weird to be in a room because I feel like someone would have to go, isn't this not fun? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't yeah. there a better way to maybe uh, do this? I don't know. The puzzle aspect of like valve turning was always a thing that like they do a lot in like Resident Evil games, for example. And it's always super frustrating to be like the math of it. Like, okay. A lot of times uh, I, I would also put like, chemical combinations in this puzzles where you have to like get the right amount of mixtures for certain things where it's just like this reminds me of like interactive educational games I played as a kid Mm -hmm. more than like a video game and I don't really know what the answer is there because puzzles are fun but these ones are just not so you know what would maybe make it work for me I feel like I I love either really simple puzzles or if the puzzle's complex, let it have a branch 
where I can see something shiny. So in a game like a, an RPG, if I could just see that there's a chest over there, I know that's not the way I need to go. Mm-hmm. But if I flip all these levers, I can get the ladder to move over and I can climb and get that chest. Then I'll accept any ridiculous puzzle they want to throw at me. As long as there's like, ooh, there's a little way to go over there and I Aerith can go pick up that material. Yeah, Aha. yeah. And, and of course, like, I feel like that would have been like an optional thing in an RPG too, where you could just probably just blow through it and not actually get that chest. But maybe there's a good item in there. You know, like, I like that a lot. Uh, I feel like Resident Evil 8 does a lot of that, where it's like, oh, the, you can see there's a cool new gun over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you want to get it, you're going to have to go the long way. You know, it's like, it's like, kind of an incentivized thing you should i also think in games you should always incentivize with like weapons or something you know something big or like a cost something that's gonna like hold water not mm-hmm. like rupees so often it's like rupees or things you don't need heart you know hearts or sticks deku sticks or whatever mm. uh anyways the the water temple is like yeah it's it's de- it's deeply unfun I didn't mind it this go around. I actually, I actually blew through it. I you did loved it. In it. One, you actually I, loved it. I did it in one go. I never had to. I never messed up where the water <laughs> levels were, like where I had to. I never had to go back and redo anything. Even with all the added stuff and with the guide, I messed up so many times in this. Really? Yeah. Everything looks the same here in regards to the other temples. Yeah. I don't know if it, that's just by design, but yeah. Well, I'm going to say a hot take right now about Zelda dungeons. Yeah. I don't like them and I don't really like Zelda dungeons or temples. Here's my thing. I think every Zelda has a perfect first dungeon Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. always the most fun you've ever had and you never backtrack and you always feel like a genius going mm-hmm. through them. Mm-hmm. It's just the right amount of puzzle. Oh, just kill this bat and that'll open a switch. And then I push that switch and it opens the door. And then as soon as it's the second dungeon, it just immediately goes super downhill. And it's the most confusing thing. You're always backtracking. You're always. not sure where you are. You're not sure how to get the thing. You always missed an eye. You were supposed to shoot with your little bow and arrow up at the top. There's always some gimmick to the dungeon that makes it super frustrating and i just don't know why they can't just harness the energy from the first dungeon they created and just make more dungeons like that make them harder but not more confusing that's not Mm -hmm. what is fun to me i don't know what do you guys think well it's uh it's that delicate balancing act right where they need to make it more complex because otherwise everything would feel one note but it reminds me of a game like uh, like the recent Spider-Man games where you kind of feel like, whoa, I'm Spider-Man. I'm zipping around fighting all these enemies. It's great. And then the game keeps going, well, what if this enemy doesn't let you do yeah. this thing to him? And you're like, oh, that's kind of annoying, but fine. And they're like, well, then this enemy, you can't web him up, okay? And you're like, okay, but I kind of like doing that as Spider-Man. <laughs> and then they keep throwing enemies at you. We're like, this one, if you like go in the air, he's going to knock you down. And you're like, all right, f- fuck yeah. it. I guess I hate <laughs> combat now, even though it never it never gets to that point. I still really love Spider-Man's combat. The but worst is when I it's do- an enemy that shocks you if you even touch them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're like, well, but you have to slide under their legs. Mm-hmm. And you're like, every time. So I feel like there is that delicate balance right of like you want the 
puzzles to get a little more complex. But yeah, you don't want to get to the point where you're like, I don't I don't know what to do here. I don't know. I feel like I've gone in all the stupid rooms. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, for me, it's like I don't want to not never know what room I'm supposed to be in. Like if it's just be in this room and figure out this puzzle, I could I have more patience for that. But when it's like, oh, maybe I can't figure this out because I didn't do something in a previous room. Then mm-hmm. you get sent on an on an errand, a fool's errand, where you just have no idea. Like, did I not miss? Did I miss a switch? Is there? So-? And luckily, these these ports to the 3ds were good about like marking things on your map, so you could like see like if you had missed like a chest or something oh, in a room. That reminds me of a of a new feature they added to this and Majora's Mask. That's not in the original games. There's a big chic Sheikah stone mm-hmm. uh, in certain areas. For this, it's in the uh, Temple of Time that you can enter. You like squeeze in there. Yeah, you it, crawl it, in there like Pooh Bear, and yeah, you crawl <laughs> in there. It eats you, and then it just shows you hints, and and you can click, and it'll show you a video of where to go next for either a specific item or the next. Uh, 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 level or, or dungeon you need to get to and mm-hmm. I was like this is actually really good for like a, a new player to the franchise because it's like yes it's holding your hand a little bit but it doesn't give you too much yeah yeah I mean in my opinion you should always in a game know where to go I guess that's kind of a tough thing that now that I think about it, because like maybe there are some people who are like just new to games and they, and and, yeah. and everyone's in a different place, like of knowing how to read tells and read things that are being telegraphed to you. But I just feel like I don't know, in Breath of the Wild, I think is a great example of a game where you're never lost. You are never ever lost in Breath of the Wild, ever. You're always exactly where you need to be, no matter where you're at. Like you can do anything in any order, it doesn't really matter, and everything is so clearly telegraphing to you where to go and what to do. That if you want to stray from the path, you can. If you want to do the, if you want to mainline it, you can. Uh, this is a game that like de- definitely has an old school game design philosophy to it, which is certain temples are just pretty confusing. I don't know. I I, I got uh one of my another least favorite of mine is the forest temple. Hmm. Is that the one with the paintings and the pose? Yeah, I got yeah. lost uh, a little bit there. There's certain areas where you can see, like, okay, I do need, I need to get up there to that door. Yeah, that's gonna lead me to that door that I haven't been to. But and then I was like, how do I even get there though? Yeah, there was a couple yeah. moments like that. But once once I figured that out, everything else is pretty easy. What did you find difficult about that? Well, one thing, and it's of course. It, it's always like I feel like a total idiot once I figure it out, but like I didn't realize for the longest time I could climb vines. Oh, yeah. It. So it's just like without knowing that, you're like, how do I get out of this well? You know what I mean? Like it's just like, right. it's like something that they don't teach you, but you probably should just know. Um, but yeah, another one that I found very confounding was the ghost one, the 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 one where you're or the yeah the ghost temples that was called the spirit temple shadow temple shadow temple shadow temple i like that one i feel like once with once you got the uh lens of truth everything's pretty yeah you can see everything you can see everything yeah did you try to go in there with a lens of truth at first yes it was terrible yeah um i really love the uh the spirit temple i think that's a great one it's great I love the whole yeah. ambiance of it. 
I think um, both fire temples are amazing, like the Gorons. Uh, what's the first one when you're a kid? Deku Tree, the giant Deku Tree. The Dodongo's Cavern. Dodongo's Cavern. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. The Dodongo's Cavern and then the Fire Temple are both really fun. And I feel like for the most part, actually, Fire Temples are fun in Zelda games. Yeah. Yeah. This this time around, I felt like it was super easy finding all the gore, hidden or trapped Gorons and yeah. uh, escape, yeah. uh, letting them escape. And uh, yeah, that's one of the ones in this playthrough that I found pretty pretty easy i'm looking at the other ones uh ice cavern ice cavern is that ice one, cavern I, an actual dungeon though i consider it yeah because you find an item that you do need yeah do not, that, i i really liked ice cavern anyway i'll just say that yeah me too i i did get a little lost there because there's a room where you can um drop that that uh that fire to to melt some of that red ice. Yes, yeah, and you have to kind of carry the fire with you. You can only use it once in your little bottle. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of like decide which. Ooh, am I going to open this door or this door? Kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, and I mean, are are we talking bosses too when we're talking? Yeah, dungeons? of course. Yeah, I I actually found. I'm 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 going to say this. I found all the bosses to be great yeah i found them all to be super yeah i i remember thinking uh i uh what's the boss in the shadow temple do you remember his name but he, he's like the two hands and the oh giant yeah eyeball. and you have to wear and you can see his eye with the lens of truth with the lens of truth i remember yeah. playing that at, uh in my first couple playthroughs and it was tough and this time around i was like Super easy. This That's is the easiest Z- one. Yeah, yeah, the Z targeting is so helpful with just shooting. You shoot mm-hmm. the arrows uh, on his hands. He, he kind of like gets numb and then yeah. you just slash his eyeball a b- bunch of times. But uh, I thought it was fun that like the first, I felt like the first three bosses of the game when you're a child are like riffs on bosses you fought in 2D versions of Zelda. Like mm-hmm. Dodongo is like a classic Zelda yes. boss. Yeah, you, absolutely. And I thought that was really well done like i thought the, this game in general actually does is like really well done in terms of taking a 2d game and making it flawlessly just a 3d experience that feels somehow the same i don't know mm-hmm. jake what do, you, what do you think any any boss memories you like yeah i mean i i wish they weren't all the kid link stuff but those are all the ones i remember i think no, you're that's... right it's probably because i played you know, the beginning of the game many times. But I do think back to the Dodongo boss and eating the bombs and all that. I think back to those ones pretty vividly. And it's also probably because of what you just said. They are bringing this old, you know, link. And they're like, now you're doing this in 3D. Get ready. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the ones that I I think about the most are kind of those first ones. And then that first spider. Yeah. Oh yeah, so so great. Uh, Twin Rova is actually like a really great boss fight. Oh where yeah, you use the Ooh, me- remind me of this one. This is where like the two. So Ganondorf has like two twin witches that are like his little accompany companiers. Like they kind of they fly around him and stuff. And then the second to the last temple, you fight them, and they like they both shoot like fire and ice at you, and you have to use your mirror shield to like hit the other one 
with the other one's blast. And mm. then they merge into one thing and called Twin Rova. And I don't know. It's just like a it's like a fun it's a fun boss. And they come back in Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which I really like. Yeah, they're sort of like uh, your classic hag-like witches. And when they transform into one witch, they become super hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. love that. Kind of like a uh, Hocus Pocus scenario. Yes, yes. Do they become hotter in that? Well, when they suck up all the spirits of a child, they... That's right. Yeah. They do mm-hmm. become hotter. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, the dragon, the dragon is a, it's a great boss in the fire temple. Do you remember the dragon? Volga, Volga. Yeah. Wait a minute. How does this boss fight work? Remind me. So it jumps out of these uh, little craters, and you have to. You can either shoot arrows in its head, yes. or when it sticks its head out, you've just got the hammer. So you just play whack-a-mole. Right. On its you head. play whack-a-mole. Yeah. I actually died at this boss. Oh. Yeah, so I don't know if that means I didn't like it, but I did die at it. So that means it definitely gave me some trouble. I think it just like takes so much health away whenever it does touch you. Interesting. Uh, didn't touch me once. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, you're you're way better than me at this game. But, you also uh, you 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 didn't have any fairies on you. I, I well, I don't know what happened there. I I definitely died though. I think I was confused as to what to do. Maybe. Oh, I see. Okay. And I kept, or I think one thing that happens a lot in this game, a lot of N sixty four games in general, is I just kept like going to hit the the boss, and then I got just too close and just ran into it. So it right, right, hurt right. me. Oh. Um, because the hitboxes on these games are like just tr- trash. Yeah, but there's some interesting. I don't know how canon this is, but. Ganon. Ganon. How Ganon. Oh, sorry, I misspoke. How Ganon this is, but... I like Ganon's cannons. Ganon's cannons. (laughs) Big old... Big old tits. Um, (laughs) I believe in the... um, In the Zelda manga... Manga? (laughs) Manga? Zelda manga? What are you about to say? Yes? I I think... uh, this dragon is uh, at some point young Link's pet, and so oh. he grows up, and then he becomes uh, evil because of Ganon, and then you ultimately have to kill him. And oh my oh. god, it's that's very terrible! Sad. It's very sad. Let's talk. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time music. I mean, um, hands down, probably as soon as you start this up, the most iconic music you'll ever listen to. The title yes. theme. The title theme. All right. Let's just go ahead and start there. Can you guys hear? Yes. Yeah, so this song really sucks. It's not that good. Uh, yeah, I hate this. I'm sorry, I misspoke. This, this is one of the worst things that you can ever <laughs> listen to. Yeah, this is sort of like the music version of what the tape in the ring does to you, where like a person will come and kill you and haunt you. Sort of. R- Ringu. Yeah, Ringu. I know it as Ringu. Sure, sure. I'm a, I'm a pedestrian westerner I know it is the, the ring Naomi Watts is the ring 
Yeah, this is really good. Oh yeah. Um, why don't we play a little? Uh, what is it? Uh, is it? Kokori yeah, Forest? Is it Kokori Forest or is it the Lost Woods that I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of one of them. Let's play it. What? The oh, f- yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it like that. Not at all what I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it's this. Alright, no more from OSRS Beats. <laughs> this song slaps so hard. I feel like they also use this multiple times in Smash Brothers, right? It's why yeah. I have this oh, yeah. bow ingrained in me. Oh, yeah. That melody is just so killer. Oh, it's so perfect. So great. I don't know how to describe, or I can't. I can't tell you what makes good music or iconic music iconic, but it just is. It just is perfect. I think some people also just have a knack for like, just melodies that just infect your ear. Like Kochi Kondo, just whatever he, it's the very simple chord progressions, very simple things he does, but it'll never leave your brain. Uh, this is a fun one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, either the Great Fairy Fountain or the Start Menu theme. <laughs> Depending on what you... Uh, guess how far you get. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is like them iterating on it from previous games, which is pretty cool. Right. This is like definitely a, um, a link to the past. I think it was the first time this melody... This is also featured in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World in a really cool sequence where he's like walking through the halls of his school in like a Oh, yeah. July, you got got another favorite? I mean, they're all good, but uh, I think I'm partial to the Nocturne of Shadow, which is one of the songs you learn to transport you to the Spirit Temple. Oh yeah, this is definitely not it, but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully, weird version of it. Hopefully, it gets there. Hopefully, the beat drops right now, and we can all rap to it. (laughs) Is there? I might have missed it. Temple of Time, Prelude of Light, Gerudo Valley. No, I might not be here. I I feel like you searched Ocarina of Time soundtrack, and Spotify maybe has. has a playlist. Playlist of other artists covering, doing their own covers on these songs. Well, let me let's just let's just see if Ocarina of Time. Ooh, there's sin- Ocarina of Time. Sin- see here, maybe we got a good Nocturne of Shadow here. Oh, I love this. I do. Yeah, I do love looking up some of these songs, the orchestra versions, and they're always good. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's see, let's see how this goes. Well, it's oh, only yeah. twenty-five seconds long, so. Yeah, it's that long. It's not. It's not a super long song. But yeah. 
love that. This yeah. is—I I guess I like this one a lot. The Garuda Valley. Yeah, this is good. I also think this sequence is amazing in the game, where you rescue those bridge builders from the... They're all in prison. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You have to infiltrate the, the thieves' hideout and basically sneak around Metal Gear Solid style. And like... That was a part of the game recently where I... I, I didn't die, but I did get sent back to my little... Chamber. My little chamber, my little prison cell. Yeah. Because I didn't realize if you're if you get hit three times by one of the guards when you're fighting them, you just lose. Yeah. Oh man. No, this is great. Yeah. Jeremy, have you ever had to explain why you have a playlist called Porno? Oh, that's a... No, I haven't, but I can explain right now. My, this is a pilot I wrote. So, I, for pilots, I have playlists set up. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, when I... It's like music I think could go in there. So, I wrote okay. a pilot called Porno. And is that what and you... It's, um, not, it's, not, it's not for jerking off. <laughs> is that the same answer you gave your girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. I said... And she said, why, why are you watching pornos right now? I said, well, I'm doing research for this pilot I'm working on. <laughs> so they gave that's an excuse I gave my boss at work too when he asked me why are you watching all these pornos right now? Uh, uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna play something hold on what was it yeah. it was uh, this I like this Song of Storms this is... this is also a song that is uh, returns in other games I believe it's in Oracle of Seasons I just heard it recently Oh man, I love I also love this version of it too. It's very piratey. Yarg. <laughs> At first I thought it said Shrek's thing. Yarg, <laughs> I'm the captain now, Captain Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when an orchestra decides to do something like this. Where they're yeah. like, nobody wants Beethoven. Like, fuck it. We're going <laughs> to yeah. do the soundtrack of Sully or something. Yeah, we're going to do the every entire song. OST to Sully. Uh, all right. Anyone else have any other songs that we play? Uh, I mean, it looks like a very popular one was Sheik's theme, right? Sheik's theme? Let's check it out. Yeah. Really difficult uh, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Was it spoiled for you guys that it was Zelda, or did you find out through playing? I found out uh, listening to Jeremy on a podcast, actually. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I fucking knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I, this is one of the few times where I, this, the surprise happened to me in real time. Like I, I didn't know, and it was a huge surprise. I think there. I had suspicions. I was like, who else could this be? Either this yeah. is Zelda or Impa. I don't I think thought I was, it was smart enough to game. even put it together. I was just like, yep, new per Yeah, just like you were saying, Jeremy, new person. And uh, great. We'll see what their deal is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure them out. Uh, yep. 
But it's cool. It's like a cool little subversion, I guess, for its time. Feels very Disney. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the way it's done, the production of this. Definitely. Yeah. They're disney in it up. How about Song of Stor- Storms? Let's see. We just played that. <laughs> oh, we did? <laughs> yeah, this is Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> All right, what about Zelda's Lullaby? I mean, yeah, this is a classic one. I'm sure this has been reused in other games. After this, did we do Hyrule Field? I feel like... No, it's not yet. That's like the memories just because you're there so much. That's yeah, the big should, one. Yeah, yeah, we should do Hyrule Field. We should also do whatever the heck uh, where I saw dinosaur boss battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to see dinosaur boss battle. Yeah, this this melody has been reused for sure. Yeah. I love this when they you start this off and then they mix all the other songs at the very end. It's a Oh yeah. Very touching. Also very Disney, like. Yeah. yeah. All right, Hyrule Field. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's good. Feels like if you're doing a game soundtrack, one of the things you have to nail is whatever the theme is when you're spending most of your time in that yeah. open world, right? For sure. Yeah, and I think what's great about this and Majora's Mask is Hyrule Field and sort of the town's area in Majora's Mask, they both have very catchy songs like this, so you don't get tired of it. Ah, yeah. And I feel like this song also has enough parts to it that are different, so it doesn't repeat so often. Mm -hmm. Looks like exactly 2 minutes and 43 seconds worth. Well, again, for the listener, it might be longer. Uh, we are listening to symphony versions of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but this is great right here. This is great. Like the little, what are these called? Little tapping. Zoo- Xylophone? Zucchinis, yeah. 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 Zooks. Mark- market's pretty good. Uh, and Market? then we, Yeah, and then we can hit Dinosaur... Battle. Yeah, we can hit dinosaur on the way out. Let's do market. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm at the Academy Awards and they're doing like a retrospective on like Delta. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. yeah. The and by the way, when are they gonna do that? When are they gonna do a retrospective on Zelda? At the uh, Academy Awards? Mm-hmm. No, they won't do it. They're too PC now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they won't let Jack the Ripper host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd rather have no host. It's crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And last but not least. I would love if a bunch of people in the orchestra were like, ah, I don't want to learn dinosaur boss battle. <laughs> it has the least amount of plays by far. I mean, this is good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's bad. definitely, it feels very video game. 
also. Yeah. They couldn't seem to get away from the fact that this was a dinosaur boss battle. No, they, they, they really couldn't, couldn't elevate it. Yeah. Uh, I like how middle boss battle has more uh, listens than dinosaur boss battle. Well, yeah. Oh, wait. What's this one again? Is this the... Uh... Ranch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, they even brought a horse in. <laughs> Can you imagine dealing with that in front of the orchestra? Who's going to clean up after that horse? Uh, that pedophile that you said. Luigi. Every horse comes with his own pedophile. <laughs> Love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Wait, wait, let's scroll down real quick. I just want to okay. see what else is here. Those last battle, Ganondorf battle. Spirit Temple? Yeah, let's play, put Spirit Temple. Alright. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'll, I'll be remiss to say, did you ever play the original, original version of the game where they use, I guess, Islamic chants for the fire temple music? No. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean, like, the, uh, for Bolero Fire This? For Fire Temple. Fire Temple. Yeah. No. Wait, so what? what, what is that? You can find it online. You can... You should probably just listen to it uh, on you the YouTube, the original one on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I doubt they're gonna do it in the orchestra version. That'd be a wild choice. That yeah, be it'd be wild. Very wild choice. Be like, no, guys, the original compositions only. I think they just found these chants in like a stock audio sort of thing, put it in there in their composition, and then somewhere down the line they realize that they. It could be found as offensive because these are actually like religious ah, um, oh, things wow. that are being said. So they, there, there's. Did they release versions of the game with it in there? Yes. So the very first, I had to have had it then. Version didn't realize it. Yeah. Had it in there, um, and you can tell also by certain other things in the game, like Ganon has red blood as opposed to green blood in the later versions. Oh. Um, they changed some of the imagery in the spirit temple when you're pushing the blocks. They had like a uh, a moon. Oh, you hear it? There it is. They had a moon there, but that's was sort of like uh, Muslim I imagery, so they had to change that to a stock like Goron face image. Oh, oh wow. Was the religious stuff they were saying, was it like big time religious stuff or was it like nonsense religious stuff? You know, when like, like for instance, my frame of reference would be the Bible, like yeah. there are big things being like thou shalt not kill, but then they're nonsense stuff where it's like, and then Jehovah talked to Jacob and <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like, you shall travel to and you're like, is it, which one is it? Is it more serious stuff or is it just like the story? I believe it was as simple as... Uh, praise God or, or something to that effect, but I think they have a Nintendo has a policy of not, yeah, really doing religious, uh, having religious imagery and whatnot in their games. Mm. It might have changed now, but yeah, because there were it, 
you can look this up online, but there are some theories that there was backlash, but they had already been cha- making changes while they were producing a lot of these games. And there were already pre-orders for these, so they were already versions of the game with this in it. So oh. those were sent out, and then they got you know the newer versions with that edited out, and then they sent those out. But um, I my version of the game definitely Ganon had red blood. So I don't yeah, know if that some, yeah you probably if, had if that. I had the original version or if that if maybe there's multiple versions of it. But, uh, but um, wow, yeah, those are the gold. If you remember the gold uh, versions of the game, the gold cartridges. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, anyways, uh, great. <laughs> I do have one great. question before we go. I know you're trying <laughs> yeah, to wrap yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. In this game. Ganon's true form, we see it at the very end. He becomes yep. this giant monster that we all know from all the other games. But pig in some guy. of the games, pig he's monster. a pig, though. He's a pig. Is he a pig in this, too? Kind of a pig, and he's got, like, a snout. Yeah, he seems more like... A warthog. Like a warthog, yeah. They call me Mr. Pig. What is that from? Uh, it's Toy Story? Uh, that's Lion King. Oh, okay, mm. yes. Yeah. Um, Does seem like Toy Story, though. Because of Ham? Because of Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Is he transferring his soul into the body of a Gerudo man, or is that the form that he chose to be seen as? I think that he was he was born into that body. Okay. I think it was a like a little bit of the omen situation. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Did he know he could turn into that? I think, much like the Omen, probably he had... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just making this up, but maybe he had moments as he was growing up where he kind of like realized, like, oh, I have powers and a bit of a Tom Riddle, if you will. Like, making uh, this up. Yeah. Tom mm, Riddle. It, wouldn't it... Another Harry wouldn't Potter? Wouldn't it suck if, if you, like, found out that... You know, you had like this power dormant inside you, and when you activated its like full potential, it made you grotesque. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to go. Wait a minute, uh-huh. like maybe I'm not doing too hot. You yeah, know? maybe I'm the bad guy. I don't know. Yeah. This, this sounds like the premise of a sitcom to me. You know, like what if you had to be the omen, but you were like, oh man, you're telling me all is my this, powers are evil. Is this similar to porno? Yeah, is this porno you're pitching? No, the guys, not at all. That one just has a lot of stuff in it that's not about this. Hmm. It's like you're just so vague when I we can't bring up even porno. talk it's about like it. It's, it's, so- it's like it's not. I'm not saying it's not real. That's I want to put that out on front street right I, now. I, I even never have a say pitch that. deck for it, guys. It's got a lot of pictures in there. It's a good pitch deck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. And that's gonna do it for the Legend of Zelda Games Club. What the deuce? Ocarina. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Ocarina of Time. A grand video game uh, with an incredible legacy. You know, I I think... uh, Honestly, July, you said this is probably your favorite Zelda game. Oh, yeah. Maybe of all time. I think it actually might be mine, too. Uh, It's just like... Replaying it was really eye-opening. Where I was just like, dang. This thing pretty much just holds up. Final question for you, Jeremy. Did you cry? Yeah. What? Did you cry? I I did not cry. No. Okay. All right. But I don't even. I don't think I cried when it ended originally either. Did you cry? Oh. Okay. Oh. I'll take my answer off air. 
No, yeah. okay, okay. I feel like that might be a yes then. Doesn't I don't know. feel I, like I, a safe space suit. I do, <laughs> I do feel it is kind of heartwarming when you see everybody kind of hanging out at the end, like all the people you met along the way. That's kind of that, nice. The moment with the, when the sages are on Death Mountain and they're looking at you, uh, and yeah. you know, like you'll never see them again, and because yeah. you're gonna turn back to a kid, and then you'll never know that this ever happened. Isn't yeah. that? Didn't that get you? Do you know that in the child timeline of Zelda, of of Zelda, part of what happens is that Link, as a child, just goes to Hyrule immediately and warns the king about Ganondorf, so none of it ever happened. Oh, I don't like that. That's the Gan. Why wouldn't Ganon just turn into the big thing? I don't, I don't know, but that's just what happens. Link apparently as a he child, just tells on him, and that's but, it. Like, why would they listen to this kid? I don't even get True. that either. Anyways, mm. why don't we go ahead yeah. and do a round of plugs before we we head out on our own horses out into the Lawn Lawn Ranch sunset. July, where can people find you? Um, You can listen to my podcast, Inside Video. When is this coming out, Jeremy? Uh, in a few days, Friday. You can listen to old episodes of my old podcast, Inside Video Games and Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, maybe a new podcast will emerge sometime in the future. That's also yeah, I heard, video game-based. I heard game you based. ended your show. Yes, listen to the fi- very final episode ever of Inside Video Games and Gaming uh, out now. But hey, if you listen to that, maybe you'll get a little hint about a new video game podcast coming out very soon. <laughs> okay. Okay, mm. great. I did listen to it, and it does not disappoint. Jake Sprague, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Spraggles, uh, or on Twitter or any of those, at Jake Sprague. I think I'm, I think I'm Jake is super cool on other things. I didn't. I don't have a uniform thing. Jeremy, you, your handle is based on this game. Ah, oh, yeah. We didn't even mention that. That's right. It is. Yeah. Are you, wait, are you still doing unsolicited advice? Right now, it's in hiatus. I, I kind of liked doing it in seasons. Yeah. Um, like, kind of like, what is it? The Oracle of Seasons or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's in hiatus. And I'm, I, I kind of would like to pick it back up once all the pandemic stuff isn't the topic of every single piece <laughs> of advice I find. Right, <laughs> so, right, yeah. Yeah. Felt like we did a lot of pandemic stuff, but I do want to bring that back. Unsolicited advice. You can download that podcast anywhere podcasts are sold. And I do have a Patreon where I still put up new episodes. Patreon.com slash UAPod. Uh, don't go to patreon.com slash unsolicited advice. That's someone else's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at where? Ocarina of Crime. Uh, that's been my Twitter handle ever since I got Twitter. Uh, I thought it was super funny and then I really regretted it and now I'm back around on it. I like it again. Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at VGA comedy show or at super NPC radio. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means you subscribe to our Patreon at the $10 level, or you're listening to this way in the future when we release this on a free feed. Uh, if you're one of those future free feed listeners, we have a Patreon that this show is attached to and most likely is running a new games club. 
that is patreon.com slash super NPC radio where you can find a ton of bonus content. Like I think three weekly shows release uh, every week on that, on that uh, Patreon. It's a lot of work, but a lot of good work and a lot of fun stuff. So check us out there. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, well, thank you. We certainly appreciate you. Uh, you keep the lights on, you know? One last the, thing. Keep the lights on. Yeah, July. Okay, C- quick correction. Uh, you do meet Impa after talking to Zelda, and she teaches you Zelda's lullaby. Mm-hmm.